Mulligan Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on the sportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to be back on board once again. The Minnesota Wild, of course, are in the postseason. They will be the number two seed in the Western Conference. And they will play the St. Louis Blues in the first round. Number two seed, number two seed in the division anyway, the Central Division versus the number three division leader in the Central Division, St. Louis Blues, Mike Yo, all that. We'll talk about that in segment number two. Segment number one, we'll just kind of wrap up the regular season a bit. I'm not going to really go into detail in these games. Just going to kind of talk about them. You know what I mean? Five games, the Minnesota Wild finished four and one. And we wrapped up the season with 106 points. New franchise record, that's good. Um, could have been a lot better, though. That's what's annoying. But again, I mean, you can't always get what you want, right, in this world, huh? Yeah, yeah, well, I think they should have had a better finish to the season, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just being real greedy. Well, being a Minnesota fan, anyway. Alex Stalock back in with the Wild, with the National Predators. The Wild ended up losing 3 nothing. Pekka Rene could not let anything past him. Alex Stalock, well, he only let in two goals. The third one was an empty netter. Kind of a frustrating game to watch and still at the same time a tiny bit scary because it's either going to be St. Louis or Nashville. I, I don't know. I'm kind of scared of both of them. Um, and it's just, you know, the whole, yeah, Mike Yo's coming back against the Wild. You know, that's what scares me about St. Louis. Otherwise, I think the Wild, <clears throat> let's say if Ken Hitchcock was still a coach, I think the Wild could beat them. And Ken Hitchcock, I think, is a better coach than Mike Yo. At least, well, at least he was over the course of his career. It's just, I don't know, there's a little bit of something-something extra mixed in. That's what scares me coming in with this series. Um, whereas Nashville, I just, I don't know, something's bugging me about Nashville versus the Wild, where earlier in the season the Wild were peppering Pekka Rene. Now, not so much, and of course the Nashville Predators the last couple times out seem to kind of kick our butts a little bit. Um, but, I don't know, if you only give up two regulation, two, two full strength, two, you know, goalies in net goals, that's not too bad. It's just the Wild's offense kind of went to sleep there. Then you finish strong with a four-game win streak. You beat Colorado 5-2, Carolina 5-3, Colorado 4-3, and Arizona 3-1. No Eddie Lack in net against Carolina. Now, Cam Ward is looked on as the better goalie, but I don't know. The Wild have had much more success against him um, in the past. He's a decent goalie. Eddie Lack, I don't know. The, <laughs> the Wild beat him with Vancouver one time, but other than that, he kicked our butts with Vancouver the, the, uh, before that. And when I saw him in net in Carolina, I was a little bit worried but a fun, strong little finish for the Wild overall. Again, I mean, we'll we'll take it. An overall very solid season. The Wild wrap up the season with 49 wins, 25 losses, 8 overtime losses. Again, 106 points. Only 3 points behind the Blackhawks, believe it or not. Blackhawks not finishing the season very strong, but whatever. You know, you know we all just, we know. The regular season for... Show postseason for dough. You know what I'm saying? Or all they say with the Wild in the past, too. Um, it's kind of a PAism. I'm not a big fan of the guy necessarily, but it's, I guess I don't hate him either. <sighs> Whatever. Kind of concerning coming in, but uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll talk about that in the second segment. I don't know why I keep getting ahead of myself. We'll also talk about prospects and such. I almost ought to get into that right now before I get into the playoffs. In fact, that's exactly what I'm going to do. That's just throwing me off a tiny bit here. Because <laughs> it's like my thought process. I'm like, wait a minute, prospects? That needs to go in this segment because it's going to be all playoffs in the second segment. We're going to talk about everybody a bit. Obviously, the wild feature presentation and, and all that. But we'll talk about the other teams and what, what I believe will happen. Strong season for Jason Commonville, 57, 47 points, pardon me, 34 assists were the highlight there. Just setting people up and did mind up with 13 goals, 
Zach Reese, oft injured, off sick, off this, off that, off mediocre. Uh, 19 goals on the season, almost got to 20. Almost got to 20 in that Arizona game, and an owed to uh, Shane Doan as well with that one. Uh, 42 points for him. Ryan Suter finishes with 40. That's kind of less than he'd had. Uh, Jared Spurgeon, career high, 38. Matt Dumba continuing to develop offensively, 34. That's a new career high. Um, but defensively, still an absolute enigma. And remember, we used to complain about that with Brent Burns, but I don't think Dumba's going to have the career Brent Burns is. I mean, Burns has been fantastic. Uh, Koivu, more points than last year, <clears throat> even though it looked like he was going to have many more points than last year. And he had a strong year last season as well. Uh, Ryan Suter and Jason Zucker tops in the NHL with 34 points. Jared Spurgeon with 33. Just, I love Jared Spurgeon. He was the MVP last season. He's an absolute candidate for it again this year. Kyle Granlin ends up with the team lead in points. Total of 69 points plus 23. 26 total goals. Eric Stahl finishes as the team lead in goals. What a nice comeback season for Eric Stahl. 60. Five total points again, like I said, 28 goals. Nobody reaching the 30-goal mark. Nice to see Nino Niederreiter, though, get to that all-important number 25, quarter-century mark. Congratulations, Nino Niederreiter, getting to the 25-goal mark. Awesome. Uh, 57 total points. Charlie Coyle, man, I thought he was going to be a 30-goal scorer at some point. You know, upper 20s at least, maybe like an Eric Stahl type of season. It looked like he was going to pretty much have that, 65, maybe 70 points on the year. Heck, I thought Granlund was going to have 75 points on the year, but just didn't happen that way. Still a great season overall for him. Nino Niederreiter, at, at the end of the day, did lead the team in hits as well. Coyle second. 56 total points for Coyle. Still a strong season in points. Still a career high, but it's mostly because of the 38 assists. You know, setting other people up along the way. Setting up the Nino Niederreiter. Setting up others. Uh, Pominville. Pominville and Coyle kind of setting each other up as they're on the third line quite a bit this season. Parisi as well, working with Coyle on that third line off and on. And then later on, Parisi and, and Niederreiter were being centered by Eric Stahl. That line looks really good going into the playoffs. Of course, the Koivu, Granlin, Zucker line was phenomenal for so long. And then it, the magic just kind of stopped, as it always seems to do. Third line going into the postseason most likely will feature Hansel, Coyle, Pominville in the fourth line, ever-changeable. Ryan White, I'm not a big fan of. I'd rather see like the I'd rather see Jordan Schrader, but it sounds like Schrader's going to be limited in that sense. Unfortunately, going to the playoffs, he'll probably suit up once in a while. But Yule Eriksson Eck is it is it Yule or Yule? I believe it's Yule Eriksson Eck. will center that fourth line. Um, I really, 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 really liked Eric Halla on that second line when he replaced uh, Jason Zucker when Zucker was hurt for a little while there. A little bit of issues going on with the with the lower body injury. Specu- all kinds of speculation, the knee, the groin, whatever it was. Um, but Halla was so good on that second line. Then you move it back down to fourth, and it's just kind of like he's not the same guy, and it's frustrating. Uh, Martin Hansel, it's nice to see him stepping up a bit the past couple games. He, and, I, and I did predict he would score against his former team, and he did. Very cool to see Martin Hansel get his fourth uh, goal with the Wild <clears throat> and his 19th goal in the season. He would have, uh, 20th goal in the season, pardon me. He would have led the uh, Arizona Coyotes in goals this year, which is quite funny. Uh, ended up passing Vermette. <laughs> kind of funny how that turned out. Marco Scandella, huge drop off the past couple of years. Only 13 total points on this team with all this offense and all this capability, even a minus two, which again, is not an ugly stat, but on this team it is. It's pathetic. Uh, even Parisi, minus three for Zach Parisi. Huh. 
kind of weird. That's kind of weird when you think about it. Christian Foline started off the season so good. I mean, and everybody's like, he's never going back to the AHL again. And then he had the knee injury, and then he had another injury. And it's just, damn it. So, unfortunately, Foline, not really the same player after that. We'll see if things continue to develop. Prosser wound up with seven points on the year. Not bad in spot duty. Kind of a, a pinch. He was basically was a pinch player all season, and that's pretty much what he's kind of is as a career. He's what they call the seventh defenseman because there's six defensemen that suit up, and he's generally the seventh guy. He'll come in when somebody's hurt. He'll come in when somebody's not playing well. He'll come in for this. He'll come in for that. Maybe he's having a good week in practice or it's a good matchup, but that's kind of Nate Prosser's role, and uh, looks like he's solid with it at this stage. And I don't know. I mean, if, if he is what he is, as long as you're not counting on him to be like your fourth best defenseman, why not? At the same time, I'll continue to contend that those of you out there that think we have this huge glut of defensemen, not only with the Wild, but at the Iowa Wild and, and in the you know system and all that, maybe long term, depends on how you look at Carson Soucy, how you look at uh, Belpedio, guys like that coming out of college. Uh, Belpedio's in his junior year with Miami of Ohio. Carson Soucer finished with, we knew it's his last game because it was the championship game of his senior year, so there's no games after that. <laughs> it's Iowa Wild or whatever. Hopefully uh, that can get done pretty soon. No talk about it immediately. But I would love to hear about Carson Susie getting signed with the Iowa Wild at some point very soon. <laughs> Who knows? Watch them send him to the Quad City Mallards to start things out. And at the same time, the Iowa Wild only have a couple games left. We'll see if they make the playoffs or not. Over there in the AHL, they're certainly on the bubble. The Quad City Mallards will be playing the Fort Wayne Comets in the first round, so Indiana hockey, we're going to Indiana, or at least we're hosting Indiana, Quad City Mallards, stronger season than Fort Wayne, so nice to see a little home ice advantage for them, Sam Warning, uh, Lang, and others out there, Chase Lang, that is, I'm getting a mix up with CJ Lang, Minnesota Vikings uh, tried to get him in free agency, ended up going to Detroit Lions, oh goody, check out Purple Mafia, brand new show out there, free agency review, draft preview, check it out, football fans, football and hockey fans out there, so <laughs> those of you that bounce around with that. Hopefully Quad City will give them a nice thumbs up and uh, hopefully these uh, wild prospects and such. Mostly free agent, kind of in the minor league type of guys, but you get the idea. Sam Warning had a strong, strong season. 50-plus point year, had a couple of hat-tricks. Very cool to see uh, Adam Gilmore and others down there. Adam Gilmore, of course, former teammate with Alex Tuck with Boston College. So, cool. Nice to see that continue to develop. Um, the Colorado game was very entertaining. You saw... The Wild take a nice lead, blow it, regain the lead. You go 2-0, 2-2, two then 4-2, Colorado scores. And then you get the last-minute dealie, which was quite entertaining, to be quite honest. Uh, the puck went in, the whistle blew. <laughs> but the thing is, the whistle blew well after the puck went in. But, yeah, then, well, yeah, Mr. Uh, Dubnik was pushed down. So you remember how they see the first review... They're like, oh, the whistle was late. See, it was blown off because the whistle happened. And I know most of you know this already, but it's still fun to talk about and you want to hear the way I say it anyway. <laughs> so you want, to hear the, you want to hear my opinions and my analysis of it. Yeah, the whistle blew and all that. And then they reviewed it and they go, oh, it's a good goal. And then just the look on Boudreaux's face, like, oh, no, 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 come, get over, come, 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 come on, get over here, come on over here, come on over here. And the whole talk was too how, well, you know, the play should have been over and you move on, but the explanation kept going. <clears throat> but then you see that Dubnik was pushed over as the defender, as the uh, Colorado Avalanche player shoved Suter into Dubnik, 
causing a goalie interference. There's nothing Dubna can do as he's getting pushed down to the ground. It's not like he just slipped on his own. And then the puck went in, and then the whistle happened, and then the goal was blown dead after all. <laughs> so it was funny. I just love the look on Boudreaux's face. Like, oh no, come on, come on, get over here. Come on over here. Let's go, let's go. Come on, let's challenge this. That was quite entertaining, and Boudreaux taking advantage of the situation. Like, hey, if this isn't dead, let's let's do this. And, uh, well, the Wild end up winning the game 4-3 to three over the Colorado Avalanche. Irritating, though. I mean, really? That was an irritating game. Um, just finished the damn job. But, again, it wasn't Colorado. I picked the Wild to lose that game anyway because it's just you figure they're going to lose to them at some point. But Colorado is so damn putrid, you figure, why not just sweep them? They're not good. I mean, they didn't even get 50 points on the season. That's pathetic. Yeah, well, let's see what happens when they get their star uh, in the first round there of the draft there, the first overall pick. Again, Arizona, a couple of endings there. Ending of the regular season for both clubs. Ending of Darcy Kemper's career probably with the Wild. Alex Stalock, don't be surprised to see him as a backup goalie in the playoffs. I don't expect to see Darcy Kemper there. Um, Maybe you have him there, but you only suit two, that type of thing. He's just kind of like one of the extras, so to speak, as you could have an expanded playoff roster, that type of thing. But again, same guys can be activated, others can't, that type of situation. But expect Alex Stalek to be the backup goalie, but again, Devin Dubnik will be the feature presentation because there's obviously no back-to-back games in the playoffs. You're just not going to do that. And I will mention I love the way NBC covers the postseason for just the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's a lot of fun. I enjoy it very much. It's a lot like the NCAA tournament where it's all these different NBC channels on cable, and there's a and there's all you're, you're, there's always one of the games on regardless. I mean, you're going to get a game here, a game here, a game here, a game here, and it's it's just so cool. Um, I love the way NBC does it, literally covering it exactly like the NCAA tournament for college basketball. Again, like I said, Darcy Kemper, probably his last game with the Wild, and Shane Doan, probably his last game in the NHL, getting into the ages of, getting into his 40s, 40-somethings now, at 41 years old, Shane Doan, the last Winnipeg Jet to exist before they, you know, moved to Arizona many, many moons ago, many, many years ago, become the Phoenix Coyotes, and then, of course, became the Arizona Coyotes. Jeremy Roenick, the first uh, star to go along with him, many, many years ago in the late 90s, and those original jerseys, which I thought were pretty cool. Then they got a little more boring, and now the recent ones, I like them an awful lot. They look kind of like the Wild with Arizona colors. Kind of cool looking. Um, I like the name. You know, it seemed like the Coyote gets ignored out there, and it's nice to see Coyotes get get a name out there. You have wolves everywhere. You have uh, bobcats. You have you even have lynx, which is, a, you know, we obviously know them, the Minnesota lynx, three WNBA titles, all this, all that. You even have jackals out there in the minor leagues, but then you get the, the Arizona Coyotes. Nice to see the Coyote getting named out there. The only thing missing is the red fox, and I always thought the Wild would have a red fox as their uh, <laughs> mascot, but well, okay, let's just leave that alone. Minnesota Wild will play the St. Louis Blues, as mentioned. Again, so I talked about the uh, some of the season statistics. You saw Dubnik drop off during the course of the year. Extremely frustrating. Kemper just getting worse and worse over the course of the season. Ended up finishing with a goals against average of 3.13. That's not going to get it done. Stay lock in a couple games, 1.51. Awesome. And then Dubnik, 2.25 goals against average. Still great numbers. But could, woulda, coulda, shoulda been much better. Did finish with 40 wins on the season with that, uh, well, luckily, the Wild, the right call was made for the Wild in the Colorado game. And he got Evan Dubnik get it. did get his 40th win of the year. Only five shutouts. Uh, not one single shutout in 2017 for Devin Dubnik, though. That's just freaking weird. I mean, the last shutout the Wild had was in December. I mean, okay, that's kind of weird. I can't believe it. You know, when you think about that, that's some of the darndest things you ever saw, you ever heard. Um, but it is what it is. 
So that's kind of it, I guess. Let's talk about the playoffs. Let's talk about the prospects first, though. It's almost about ready to jump into that. But AHL, regular season wrapping up. Um, <clears throat> Luke Cunning and Alex Tuck working together to help the, help the uh, Iowa Wild get a win over the Milwaukee Admirals. Very cool. An overtime victory. Luke Cunning, a goal and an assist. Seven points on the, in only nine games for Luke Cunning. His first nine games of professional hockey. <clears throat> Pardon me. Alex Tuck getting the game winner. 17th goal of the season. 35 points on the year. Getting a couple assists the past week. Mike Riley also continuing to get the assists. So his numbers continuing to climb. 29 points for Mike Riley in 54 games. 24 total assists. Definitely the Ryan Suter of that team offensively. Would like to see a little better defensive game though. For Mike Riley. It would be greatly appreciated. Uh, Staminas still stuck at 26. Gustav Olsen 24 points on the season. This and that. And I also got to mention too another notable. No it's nice to see Ryan Carter also have his three points. He recently scored his first goal finally. In 18 games down there in the minors. Ryan Carter always a fourth line. Kind of a, a dude with the, <laughs> the wild for the year. Over the years. Justin Kloos the former gopher captain. And senior and all that. After the end of the NCAA tournament. Justin Kloos is now with the Iowa Wild. So very cool to see the captain, the captain, Justin Kloos, centering a line down there in Iowa. Six games, only four penalty minutes, and a minus three thus far for the Lakeville native, Justin Kloos. But nice to see. Nice to see him um, in the professional level. Nice to see him with the Wild system. Maybe one day Justin Kloos will skate with the Minnesota Wild. Maybe. Not sure what type of an NHL career he's going to have. But at least he's with the Iowa Wild. We could keep track of him there. So, nice. I apologize for not mentioning him on the last show as the signing did happen at that stage. Let's talk about Division One men's ice hockey, the Frozen Four, the Frozen Four, Denver and Notre Dame. Notre Dame, Denver rolling over Notre Dame, unfortunately, 6-1. to one. And then Harvard and Minnesota Duluth, a very close game. Looked like it was headed to OT. Duluth scored early, Harvard tied it up, kind of grinded out, good defense, incredible goaltending by Miska, a guy I really want the uh, wild to sign, put him down there in Iowa, and then hope for the best in the next couple of years, maybe Miska can wind up with the uh, wind up with the Minnesota Wild one day, Minnesota native Miska, what an awesome, uh, what an awesome goalie he's become, helped lead Minnesota Duluth to the championship game, their first since 2011, and again, surprising that they've, they have, they only have one national championship, as they've been to many uh, championship games, it's crazy to imagine how many championship games the Gophers have been to, and they still and only five championships. Twelve national title games, but five championships to, to speak for. Lots of losing there, unfortunately, in that championship game. And Minnesota Duluth will add a loss here in a gut-wrenching 3-2 to two loss to Denver. Just heartbreaking. Very sad. I apologized for all of you. Uh, well, not apologize, but my condolences to all of you. I know pretty much everybody listening wanted Minnesota Duluth to win, and I know Jim Madill is from Duluth, and that's his team, and I'm sorry. You know, it, it was a heartbreaker. I was cheering for you. I know I've said some mean, some not mean things, but not super friendly things about Duluth, but it's mostly just because, and not the city. The city is my favorite city in the world, man. God, I love Duluth. But it's just I hate losing to them when it comes to the Gophers. I'm a very loyal Gopher fan, always will be. And Duluth was my second favorite team forever. And then we just kept losing to them in NCAA tournament, uh, <clears throat> WCHA tournament, and then this and that. It just got so frustrating, but especially the NCAA tournament, multiple times losing to them. 
it got on my nerves, and I started turning on them a little bit. But this year, just what that wasn't what was going on, and they they made a nice run. They survived a lot of close games with Ohio State. What a nice run for them, Boston U, one of the better teams out there. And then they beat Harvard. They survived Harvard, incredible. But then almost beat those damn Pioneers. And I, the Denver Pioneers are one of my least favorite teams in college hockey. I'm tired of them. Um, and I know a lot of their championships were back in the old days, but some of them are recent too. I just never liked the Denver Pioneers, but well, congratulations anyway, I suppose, and congratulations on the hat trick, all scored by one guy, all three goals, and it's just one of those what can you do type of things. I mean, just like when the Gophers had four goals in six minutes against them in the uh, national championship game back in 2014, it's just one of those what can you do type of moments. Now it's Carson Soucy coming to Minnesota somehow, some way. Or Iowa, actually, more most likely. Who knows? Maybe even the Quad City Mailers if they want to start him out down there. So we'll just let that develop as is at this stage. Let's stop things here. Let's talk about the postseason right after this. the wild what an appropriate uh, bumper song there blades of steel that's like when they're showing the brackets like the tournament and everything which is the playoffs of course as the teams flash like minnesota chicago you know that type of stuff or in this case minnesota st louis which look a lot like los angeles and blades of steel for those of you that played blades of steel they look like the st louis blues edmonton looked like the north stars the minnesota north star minnesota whatever they were looked like I guess the Gophers, I guess, if you consider purple maroon, maybe, I, I don't know. That's probably what they were thinking, I guess. I have no idea. Um, they look maybe like actually like the Kings back then, huh, in, in the 80s. But, ah, whatever. New York and Chicago were the only ones that looked like they're supposed to. I suppose Vancouver, Montreal also. Ah, whatever. I'm bouncing everywhere. Toronto. <laughs> Edmonton did not look like uh, Edmonton, though. That's for sure. They look like the North Stars. Let's move on here. Got a good feeling about Edmonton, actually. Don't be surprised, <laughs> long-term particularly. Minnesota-St. Louis, let's start off with them, of course. Mike, yo, you know, uh, Suter was cast out there. You know, uh, Boudreaux's done a great job out there the past the past year. Vladimir uh, is a hell of a goal scorer there, you know. that's a, he, He's a great player there. He, he's, he's a great player. He's a great scorer. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, you know, he always does good against the Wild, so why not take advantage of that and... I'm aware these guys, you know, they backbited me the whole time I was there, so they tried to get me fired. So that's what that's what kind of what happened there. So got a little bit of a uh, little bit of venge factor going into this one. That's kind of what Mike Gill is probably thinking behind the scenes. That's my guess, but uh, that's kind of where I stand with that. Okay, that's Mike Yo, um, and then you get Bruce Boudreau on the other side. Uh, the, the greatest team, uh, great St. Louis is the greatest team ever, and they're, they're unstoppable. Their goaltending's incredible, and then Mike Yost is the same thing. The Wild are the best team in the regular season, and you get the Wild's great success against Chicago during the regular season, and how we're probably the better team between the two. Well, you have regular season for, for show, you postseason for dough. you got to remember that. In that Pacific Division, hmm, I'm kind of liking the underdogs a little bit over there. A little bit. <clears throat> and then in the frickin' Metropolitan Division. Oh, pack a lunch. Jiminy Christmas. I just love looking at playoff brackets. Isn't this fun? 
Isn't this fun? Minnesota Wild will host the St. Louis Blues Wednesday the 12th, get started, then you go to the uh, 14th, Friday the 14th, not the 13th, so okay. Uh, that's game two, then you go to three, not three, you have two in St. Louis for sure, and then if if necessary, game five, if the Wild don't sweep St. Louis right, and pray to God don't get swept, no, I don't think that's going to happen, either side actually. Jake Allen and Nat, you get this, you get that, game five will be in St. Paul most likely, game six most likely will be in St. Louis, hopefully the Wild can finish the job there, and it's not going the other direction, where St. Louis would get revenge on us a couple years ago when the Wild were a strong team. We were just a uh, wild card that year, despite a strong finish of that year, but the damage had been done earlier in the year. Wild 100 points ended up being only a wild card that season because Nashville, St. Louis, Chicago are so damn good. And then Game 7 <clears throat> would be in, in Excel Energy Center for the first time ever, a home Game 7. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? And I do think the Wild would win Game 7 at home. I do. Uh, the Wild's history in Game 7 is 3-0. and They beat Colorado twice. They beat uh, the Vancouver Canucks once. They won two Game 7s on the road way back in 03. They won a Game 7 on the road back in 14 in Colorado, 13-14. Brisgolov at Kemper. That was a fun matchup. And then the Wild kept their run going. going almost beat the, the Chicago Blackhawks instead of until Stanchion Gate happened in Game 6 at home. That was disappointing. Who knows? Game 7 on the road in Chicago. Unlikely to go the Wilds' way, but you know what? None of us thought the Wilds were going to beat the Colorado Avalanche in Game 7, did we? In either either situation. So the second one may be a little bit more, but in both cases, Colorado looked on as a better team. Look at the Avalanche now. Ouch. Well, I'm kind of bouncing everywhere. Uh, goaltenders... Devin Dubnik should be better than Jake Allen, but Allen finished the season pretty strong. So that's kind of the fear coming in. Vladimir Tarasenko has always scored against the Wild. Uh, Mike Yo knows us well. He knows our smell, as, again, a, a local broadcaster would say. Um, Blues finished with 99 points. Very strong finish after a pretty awful-looking situation. They even traded away <coughs> Shattenkirk during the course of the season over to the... Washington Capitals as if they were sellers, not buyers. And, well, they're looking like they're buying a lot right now. I mean, well, not really, but something like that. Uh, Paul Stansny, oft injured, off and on, was a member of those Colorado Avalanche a couple years ago. 40 points on the season. Tarasenko, 39 point goals on the season. Pardon me, 75 total points. Schwartz has been a thorn in the wild side in the past. Kevin Shattenkirk, the fear was they're not going to be able to resign him anyway. One of the better defensemen in the National Hockey League. <clears throat> the Wilds should be able to beat this club, like I'll continue to say, but Jake Allen finished the season so strongly. His numbers still don't look as sexy as they finished. Four shutouts on the season. Carter Hutton also four shutouts on the season. The Wild played pretty well against both of these guys uh, during the course of the year, and then you had that 3-1 to one loss late, which is really frustrating. Mike Yo's first uh, game against the Wild as the head coach, not the associate head coach. Uh, you got the goons like Ryan Reeves out there. He's a, definitely a physical force. <clears throat> Had a nice, interesting little fight earlier in the year uh, with the, one of our wannabes out there. <laughs> His name is starting to escape me now because he's just, you know, he's not been very important with... <clears throat> The Minnesota Wild. He's more about an Iowa Wild guy, and he had he was kind of crazy down there as well. Um, it's obviously a deep team, strong team. Kyle Braziak, a fourth line center, certainly not putting up the numbers he once was in the past. Um, been a respected name over the course of time, though. That's the one thing. <sighs> I want to pick a win in this series. I really do, and I think I can. I think I can, right? 
<laughs> I think I can. Curtis Gabriel, by the way. That's why I'm getting kind of goofy. Curtis Gabriel, that's who it was. The crazy guy who got in a fight with Ryan Reeves and thought he was all special. Reeves is just kind of laughing at him. I remember that pretty well. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, Alexander Steen, Alex Petrangelo. Definitely all these familiar names. They've been there forever. Definitely, this is not the Blackhawks, though. And that's the way to look at it. Um, the Wild have beaten this team in the playoffs before. It's just, again... Who was the head coach of the Wild when we beat the St. Louis Blues? Mike Yo. Who's the coach of the Blues now? Mike Yo. Um, it's a weird, odd situation. It's really weird, and that's what makes the series tougher to pick. I would easily pick the Wild over the Blues if this wasn't the case. Imagine if the Blues were, say, a wild card right now, and, yeah, just, I mean, imagine it was going that way. If the Wild were, say, they won the division and the Blues were a wild card team with Mr. Hitchcock as coach, I'd pick the Wild in five games. I mean, you know, you maybe you lose one in St. Louis and you wrap her up here in the St. Paul. But, unfortunately, it's just not been, it's just not something I feel at the moment. I still think the Wild could and should win this in six or seven. That's what it's going to take, I believe. Um, Jake Allen's emergence scares me a little bit. And remember how strong he was last time around? It's just earlier in the year, we just toasted this guy. It was so easy at the time. But then again, it's just you saw the changes over the course of time with this guy. The the improvements and such. After struggling so much during the season, I mean, you saw you saw in January, he was so bad that Carter Hutton ended up taking a lot of the games. I mean, he was giving up four goals a game. And he got pulled in one of them, only seven games in that case. But then you saw him change completely in February. That was about the time, again, when Yo took over. Obviously, Yo was fired in February just a year before. But then in 10 games, just two goals allowed, got in a shutout, got two shutouts in March, 1.35 goals against average. And then in April, though, there's the hope. Maybe starting to struggle again a teeny tiny bit, 2.88 goals against average in four games as the Blues were still fighting to make the playoffs, and he struggled, but still wound up with a 3-1 record. 8-1 in March, 5-5 in February, despite improved play, as the Blues still not really playing that great at the time. Jake Allen started the season great, as he was officially named the starter, and then from uh, November through January, just dropped off the face of the earth. So, again, I mean, the key to this series, 100% to me, is Jake Allen. I mean, obviously, Tarasenko's value is, is very noted. I mean, and he's always thrown against the Wild, but when the Wild would beat the Blues 3-1 to or 3-2 or to two or whatever, Tarasenko would score the goal, but who won the game? And who had more goals than the other team? So it's all about Jake Allen. It, it really is coming into this one. And it's about Devin Dubnik, too. Can Dubnik be strong in net? Can he keep the, can he keep the Blues... Can he keep the Blues definitely under four goals? And can he keep them under two? Or, excuse me, under three on a regular basis? Can he do it enough? to beat this club, or are the Blues going to get four goals against him? Remember, there was a game five years, a couple years ago, game four, the Blues just rolled all over the Wild, and then Dubnik luckily led the Wild to two straight victories, game five, in uh, game five, a victory, and then, of course, a uh, game six, a victory in XL Energy Center. I'm beginning to, yeah, it was game two that was real bad, if I remember correctly, against the Blues, because I remember it being in St. Louis. It was just a nasty game, and then we lost a homer, too, as well, a home game to the Blues in that series a couple of years ago, so my memory's not going to be perfect, and I don't have it out in front of me. It's a different situation, different, you know, there's different players, there's similar players, there's no more Bacchus, there's no more uh, Steve Ott, but you still have Reeves. He's not as much a goon in that sense, that he is a physical guy, he's still going to be an issue out there. Uh, Jay Boomeister has been a solid player for many years, not a big numbers guy, but certainly a good defenseman. Berglund, you know, solid 
veteran, can score goals. Certainly didn't get too many assists this year. Just kind of more just putting the puck in the net here and there for Berglund. Not putting up the numbers he had in previous years, but, well, it is what it is. Uh, Granlin and that, that, that line with Koivu, Granlin, Zucker, they need to be back to their winning ways. They need to get that going again, those one-timers. That's what really led the Wild in a big way. Can Parisi get it back going again? As he has been playing significantly better with Niederreiter and Stahl. Those are huge keys going into this series. It's it's really the top two lines in a lot of ways. And, of course, Devin Dumnik. Uh, I would like to see, again, Suter's minutes being realistic. Get a lot of minutes in certain games if need be. But, again, be realistic. You don't want him to be gassed like you always heard in the past. And then there'd be a breakaway and Suter can't keep up. And then, boom, and the Wild lose in, in overtime. A situation like that. Um... So many keys in this series, but but none are bigger than Jake Allen. I mean, if Jake Allen is sharp, strong, and ready to roll, the Wild are going to be in big trouble. And, you know, the scoring, if the scoring is, is very scarce and, and it's a huge struggle, hard to say. Hard to say what's going to happen. Having a strong fourth line doesn't hurt, though, that's for sure. If you Can Yule Eriksson Eck and, the, and uh, Stewart and Halla get things to go, get things going, continue their... Strong play of late. Um, Halla, again, played so well with that second line. And again, don't be surprised if Boudreaux gets frustrated with Zucker. Maybe you switch Zucker and Halla. That wouldn't be the worst thing ever. I mean, Zucker played well when he was on the fourth line at the beginning of the season. So that's a possibility you might see at some point. If Boudreaux gets frustrated and you see scoring chances not happening, you just you just don't see any type of progress going with these guys. You don't see any type of real legitimate scoring chances. Like Zucker is just kind of invisible. You might see something where Halla moves up to that second line because that, that second line did so well with him there and he really, really emerged and you started to see what that guy can do. Obviously a very speed, a very fast player and it's real helpful. Uh, Eck, kind of a physical skill guy. He, he can kind of do both. I mean, he's obviously not that physical. He's just a rookie and he's not even 20 years old yet, but he did add some strength while he was back in Sweden. So very exciting to see Eriksson Act getting some much-needed, very valuable playoff experience. Charlie Coyle has the playoff experience. Now can he have playoff production? Can he get it done? Can Charlie Coyle go out there, maybe get three goals this series? Wouldn't that be something? Even two goals, three assists, something like that. Like a five-point series from Charlie Coyle? That would be exciting. Anita Reiter's had playoff success in the past. Of course, you had the game winner, but you also saw strong play from him uh, during the course of time in Colorado. And even against the Blackhawks, he was all right at times. So, I mean, why not? I mean, Niederreiter played all right against St. Louis the next year. Of course, Suter, Parisi, you know, they got to be constant. They got to be strong. It would be awesome to see Parisi turn it on here with Eric Stahl and Niederreiter. Don't be surprised if that line, again, is the main reason the Wild offense is able to get things going on Jake Allen. But at the same time, the spark plug factor, you know, I keep bouncing around. But <laughs> because, you know, there's there's different lines, different possibilities. That second line, if Eric Halla goes up there, Eric Halla is a guy that I talked about with uh, Chris on that Pugnology podcast out there. Do check it out again. I'm going to always give him a shout-out. San Jose Sharks fan, San Jose Sharks podcast, Minnesota Connections. He's, he's worked here before, lived here for a few years. So, um, you know, and he found my podcast, checked me out, thanks to that NHL pod, uh, hockey podcast Twitter out there. I want to give them a shout-out, too, as they always retweet my show, and I believe that's how Pugnology found me. So thank you, Hockey Podcast, if you happen to listen 
I don't know if they do or not because it's probably who, who knows how many hockey podcasts they retweet. So I don't know if they listen to all of them, but just in case, uh, give them a follow. Maybe you can look them up there that way too, and you can see, uh, you know, if you like the, the Pugnology or some other uh, podcast out there in a different city, that type of thing. Um, what was I leading towards? Ultimately, I was saying how he was like, what guy? What unexpected player is most likely to be to emerge and be a factor in the playoffs? And I said Eric Halla right away. I mean, no thought, just Eric Halla. Um, and again, if he's on that second line, <laughs> watch out. Eric Halla is going to get multiple goals. He's going to get multiple assists. Don't be surprised to see him and Granlin get something going, but also him and Koivu. Um, I really liked what Eric Halla did on the second line. And if if you don't see any production from it, don't be surprised to see that type of move made. I don't see Granlin and Quavo getting split up, at least not extensively. Maybe just here and there, boom, 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 you know, just little random shuffles here and there. But because that's going to happen in every game, and of course the line changes. Sometimes you can't change everybody at the same time because of the situation. This and that, we all know what that is. We all know what happens. Game situations that, that come up. Um, you gotta, some guys gotta stay on the ice. There's not enough time to change everybody. Otherwise, you're gonna get an odd man rush and you're freaking dead. And season's over and it's been fun. But, um, you get the idea. It's gonna be fun to see, uh, the different, uh, line shuffling going on. There will be constants, but there will be, there will be stuff going on. I mean, that's how the success happened earlier in the season. And that's how it happened later, too, at, on occasion. I mean, you know, and of course, Zucker missing time. Somebody had to replace him. And what a nice choice, putting Eric Hall on the wing. Not bad at all. Uh, <laughs> don't be surprised to see Yule Erickson next score, though. At least one really important goal in this series. Maybe real early to get things going, or real late. Maybe in one of the in one of the uh, closeout maybe in 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 the closeout game, possibly real late. Maybe the game, the season, the series ender for the St. Louis Blues knocked them out of the playoffs, or a momentum-changing type of goal. Maybe he puts the Wild up 2-1 to one late, in the thir- uh, late in the third period or something, or early in the third period to really be the tone setter for the rest of the way. The Wild end up winning 3-1 to one or something after that. It'll be something like that. I've got a sneaky feeling, Yul Eriksson Ekko. Something's going to happen, and you're going to see something cool. But also Eric Halla. He's going to be a factor in these playoffs, in my humble opinion. At the end of the day, it's the man between the pipes, though. Dubnik and Allen, who's going to play better? I'll lean Dubnik, but, boy, it's it's still scary. Uh, nice to see him get some rest and play a little better, but that Colorado game irritated me just a teeny tiny bit. <sighs> at the end of the day, the Wild in six or seven. I'm going to say six at the moment. I think the Wild can win game six on the road in St. Louis. They can close them out. We could be a little bit of a Chicago Blackhawks type of situation, but I will pick the Wild in six despite the fact it would be a road game this time around. Why not? Why can't the Wild be a closeout team? Why can't we close this club out? There are going to be scary moments in this series. There's going to be times when we're going to feel the Wild aren't going to win. We might even trail two games to one and then come back and win the next three. It may be something like that, but it'll definitely be two to two at one point. I see the Wild winning game five at home and game six on the road after a two to two tie after game four. That's my humble opinion, and I do think the Wild win the opener. And after that, it's kind of, well, whatever it is. But the Wild win in six or seven. I will stick with six at the moment. And if it comes to seven, I'm confident the Wild can get it done in game seven at home. And, you know, Boudreau will get his uh, second seventh game victory. It's not like he's never won a seventh game. You know what? Whatever. You know, that was the Washington Capitals, who always lose in the playoffs. The Anaheim Ducks, well, they ran into the, uh, the, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, whatever. You know, you can't. 
judge him just on that. <laughs> Losing Game 7 at home to Nashville, that was frustrating, but the Predators were kind of on a roll last year, and that is what it is. And thank you, uh, Peter Laviolette, for getting that done so we could get Bruce Boudreau in town rather than having to settle, um, because that's what the Wild probably would have been stuck doing. <laughs> uh, well, it might have been Carlisle, the guy who's the head coach of the Anaheim Ducks right now. Pacific Division will be playing the Calgary Flames in the first round. Calgary Flames, right now, the basically pretty much the eighth seed in the playoffs, at least in terms of record, or is it the Nashville Predators? <laughs> it's just kind of a back and forth type of thing. I'm scared of Nashville, to be quite honest. I mean, I, I'm not that... <laughs> I wouldn't feel all that confident playing Nashville in the playoffs, even though I know the Wild can beat Pekka Rinne. I know the Wild can beat Jake Allen. So it's that's where the frustration comes in. It's like, can they beat them, though, when it matters? Uh, Calgary and Nashville, both with 94 points in the season. So I guess Nashville's kind of essentially the eighth seed because they're playing Chicago. Calgary's playing Anaheim. They're basically interchangeable. I like that Calgary team. I like the way they emerged this year. Their goaltending is strong, but Anaheim's just a little bit better, obviously. And, yeah, they finished with 105 points, just one less than the Wild. So Minnesota's still getting home ice advantage. Should we play the Ducks, Sharks, or Edmonton Oilers in the in the uh, Western Conference Finals, they will have home ice. You just got to survive Chicago. That's all. That's all. Just got to survive Chicago. <laughs> but I got a feeling the Wild could beat any of those guys in a conference championship game should the Wild survive the Blackhawks. Um, Anaheim and Calgary, that's going to be a fun series to watch. That's going to go six or seven. I'm probably going to go with the Ducks. I don't want to, but I am going to go with the Ducks. I love the Flames. That's my second favorite team, really. Yeah. I've I've just have a uh, kind of a I have a soft spot for that club for whatever reason. Cool logo, cool history, lots of awesome players over the year. The Al McGinnises, you know, Flurry. Okay, when he wasn't crazy, and then you have uh, Mike Vernon, and then now you got the you know you got Brian Elliott, guys like that. Kippersoff was a good goalie for a while, but during those days the Flames struggled. That was the unfortunate side. Ducks are going to win that series in six or seven. It's going to go far. Oilers and Sharks, you know, I like that Sharks team. I loved what they accomplished last year by Edmonton, I'm telling you. I'm going to make a, I make a prediction right here, right now. I was going to make it earlier, and that would have ruined it. So let's do it now. Well, they might not have quite the prospect level of a certain team that I'm about to mention, but all the years of struggling over the years have brought nice draft picks to this team. Nice players. They, they have good goaltending. Their defense is, is getting better. It's not quite at this other team, but if they continue in the direction they're going, the Edmonton Oilers could be the next Chicago Blackhawks. Um, we'll just say a, a Blackhawks light, though. They're not going to be as good, but they could be the next team that starts winning cups very, very, very soon. And obviously that's because of a guy by the name of Connor McDavid. I mean, 100 points already. 100 points for Connor McDavid. 100. 70 assists. I mean, that's there's, there's your... There's your there, there's a, there's a, a rising star right there. Jordan Eberle, 51 points. See, it's a big drop-off. Leon Drysdale uh, with 77 points. 29 goals in the season. Now, of course, when I say this, again, it's kind of partially tongue-in-cheek in terms of... Uh, you know, okay, it's far-fetched to call them the next Blackhawks. But they put the puck in the net. I mean, they do. I mean, they put the puck in the net, the Edmonton Oilers. And so did the Blackhawks. And then they have a solid goalie in Kem Talbot. You know, seven shutouts on the season. Kind of kind of hot and cold-like. 
Corey Crawford. Don't be surprised if the Edmonton Oilers win a Stanley Cup very, very soon. I mean, even this year, there's a small little possibility. Maybe they're the next Penguins with uh, Mr. Crosby, where they got where they have two two championships. Maybe they'll be closer to that team, but they're going to win a cup very soon. Edmonton Oilers, maybe even this year. Uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't be completely shocked. The unfortunate truth is, there's a certain other team though on the top of the Western Conference right now that's standing in their way, and don't be surprised if they're there. But I think the Edmonton Oilers will roll past the Sharks. And I'm sorry to Chris, you know, I, I hate to say it. I, I I like the Sharks team, and I have more of a soft spot for them now than I did before. Because, you know, you know, you have friends like Drew Bunting, obviously Chris uh, from Pucknology, and Chris Porter also. Chris Porter's a big Sharks fan. He likes the Penguins more, though, so it's like it didn't hurt him too much that the Sharks lost. It hurt Chris in, uh, in California there a bit more, unfortunately, and Drew Bunting as well over there in Northern Cal cheering for those Sharks. It's a fun team. I mean, you got Brent Burns. Obviously, you got Alex Stalock, who PA loves so much. Now he's here. Maybe he'll face off against the Sharks. But a lot of you out there picking the Sharks to get to the West Finals, I'm not with you. They're, they're going to get beat by the Oilers, man. I mean, the Oilers are going to win it in five or six. Connor McDavid and the Oilers are also going to beat the Anaheim Ducks. They're going to the West Finals. So if the Wild survive Chicago... It's going to be 91. <laughs> but unfortunately, it won't be an aging Oilers team. It'll be a young, emerging Oilers team. We'll be the more semi-aging semi team with the Oilers. And it'll be a hell of a series. I know the Wild can beat the Oilers because they did multiple times this year. Even when it looked bleak, the Wild still survived. But it would be a hell of a, it'll be a hell of a situation, though. The Oilers' confidence will be very high after they beat San Jose and Anaheim. <sighs> But I will say there's only two teams in the Western Conference that can beat the Edmonton Oilers, and it's Minnesota and Chicago. And that's who will be facing off in the second round. I have nowhere to go with this one. Right now, if I'm a betting man, I pick the Blackhawks, and I hate to. I pick the Blackhawks in six, something like that. It's just, I don't know. I, I Let's just let that develop as is, but as of right now, it's either going to be, right now, I think Edmonton or Chicago will probably be representing in the, the, in the Stanley Cup Finals. And it's you know going to be one of those two, obviously in the in the East, over there you got Montreal and New York Islanders. What an awesome first round matchup! Montreal has not been good in the playoffs, but New York kind of too. There, I don't know. I mean, they had some nice. They had a nice run a couple of years ago, but they were far inferior to the team two years prior to that. That would have faced off against the LA Kings because you were going to have the the New York LA situation in 2012. With that son of a biscuit, that crazy John Tortella guy, who is now the coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Again, another absolute shame that they're number three in their division. I mean, New York, not even a freaking division leader with their 100-plus point season. Just an awesome, awesome season for everybody in that metropolitan division. It's a travesty to see teams with this talent having to go on the road and having to face off against a tougher opponent. I mean, Montreal won their division, yet they have to face off against the island, uh, the Rangers. So it's like, I don't know who to feel sorry for there. Montreal, 103 points, and they have to pay, play New York with 102. Now, they're not fantastic. 102 is good, but it's not like, oh my God, I suppose. Uh, Columbus, 108, though, and they have to go on the road against the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's bullcrap. Penguins defending champions, 111 points. They're very much in play again to go to the Stanley Cup Finals. It's very possible. Washington Capitals, 118 points. That's what the Wild were projected to get when they were at their peak during the season. It was so much fun. The Washington Capitals did get there. Crazy to see Detroit. They didn't even get 80 points this year. Boy, did they miss the playoffs. Tampa Bay missed it by this much. Uh, Toronto survives, gets to 95-point mark, sneaks into the playoffs, past the Islanders, past the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
the uh, Western Conference uh, finalists last year and Stanley Cup finalists the year before. Florida Panthers don't even come close after a huge drop-off. And there's a shake-up going on down there. Yaramir Yager, is he done? Or will he sign with another team, a, a different team? I don't recommend him going back to Florida, even though he had a fun run there the last couple of years. I thought they were going to go to the conference final, and boy, was I wrong. That was an air ball. Uh, Boston, Toronto, definitely teams that are just sacrificial lambs, I think, coming in. That Atlantic division is not even close. Not even close to the Metropolitan Division. I mean, the second-place team, 98 points, Ottawa. I mean, they're good, but they're not that good. And they'll play Boston. That's an easy, easy matchup for both teams in a lot of ways. I mean, that'll, it'll be a fun series to watch, but they're going to be, uh, you know, it's crazy. That upper bracket's a hell of a lot easier than the lower bracket. I mean, Toronto versus the Capitals. The Capitals will roll past Toronto, in my opinion. That'll be a 4-1 to series, even though I'd love to see Toronto pull off the miracle upset. It's possible, but it's doubtful. Um, Mike Babcock is a great coach. Austin Matthews is a great up-and-comer, but he's not there yet. You know, that team is still developing, but they're going to be back. They'll be a force to be reckoned with. Maybe you'll see Toronto and Edmonton in the Cup Finals one day, but it isn't going to be this year. Toronto will lose to Washington in five games, in my opinion. But uh, don't be surprised to see the Capitals season come to a screeching halt. Penguins versus Columbus Blue Jackets. What a crying shame that one of these teams has to lose in the first round. It's crazy. Uh, absolutely nuts. Um, Columbus earlier this season... Eastern Conference Finals, like like in the blink of an eye. But Pittsburgh is a defending champion. Pittsburgh has had the upper hand against the Columbus Blue Jackets so far this season and the last couple of years as well. I can't believe Columbus is probably going to lose in the first round to this club. It, it's, it sucks for them. It really does. That's where, as frustrated as Wild fans are right now, with how things finished before the little four-game win streak at the end anyway, but how things were going in the month of March, the March spoon. Count your blessings. At least you're not playing the Penguins in the first round. You know, that's basically like the Blackhawks to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Just imagine if the Wild had to play the Blackhawks in the first round, how frustrated and pissed off you'd be. And it's like, you just know we're going to freaking lose. It'd be so frustrating. Uh, The hope with Minnesota getting past, getting to the West Finals and the Cup Finals is, again, Nashville. Come on, Nashville. Do what you did last year. Knock the Blackhawks out in the first round. Do what you did last year to the Anaheim Ducks. Get, uh, get, uh, no. And Quinn's not going (laughs) to, Quinville's not going to get fired. No chance. No chance. But um, go get them. (laughs) Go get them, Nashville. Uh, That's how Chicago got beat in the first round last year by the St. Louis Blues, who ended up surviving to the conference finals, and then they couldn't get past the Sharks. Really cool to see St. Louis get back to the conference finals for the first time in, since '01, but, um, well, wasn't meant to be. Boston and Ottawa, it's kind of like, eh. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to go back here. I have Washington winning in five games over Toronto. Ottawa, I guess, you know, they're a little better as long as Carlson can be healthy and ready to go. I guess Ottawa's the better team. I mean, Boston, eh, you know, they had a nice little resurgence after the after firing their coach. But I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in Boston right now, even though they have talented, they have talent and they've been to the finals not too long ago, this and that. I think Ottawa will get past Boston in seven. That's going to be a very close series. Ottawa will win that one in a nail-biter seven-game series. Montreal, New York. Boy, boy. I mean, New York. I guess Montreal is going to win. I mean, that's another one. That's going to go seven. I think you're going to see Ottawa and Montreal. It's going to be an awesome rivalry renewed again. 
after that crazy, stupid-looking, like, it almost looked like a like WrestleMania. It was just goofy and stupid a couple of years ago. A lot of people didn't like it, but it's going to be, it's going to happen again. Now, Supan's gone, so there'll be a little bit less of that extracurricular activity, but it'll be a long, crazy, injury-riddled type of series. I think Montreal's going to get to the East Finals out of that little bracket there. I think Pittsburgh is going to survive a grueling series with the Columbus Blue Jackets. They'll win it in seven. They'll play the Capitals, and they, I think the Penguins beat the Capitals again. Yeah, I think the Penguins beat the Capitals again. <sighs> yeah, Penguins will beat them again. It's going to be close, six, seven games. It'll be seven games. Penguins will squeak it out. Crosby will probably score the game winner. Overtime, seventh game, that type of situation. It's going to be that close. Crosby will get the game winner, though, if it goes to overtime in that situation, because it's always it's always like that. Something will happen, and Crosby will, will either get a one-timer. Maybe Ovechkin pulls off the miracle. And yes, it's a miracle now, because, because as great as Washington was, as great as Washington was this year, well, Ovechkin wasn't as great until later in the year. It seemed like the Wild woke him up in a big way. They ended his route, and then he got a hat trick with all those one-timers. It's going to take something like Ovechkin... And Oshie, just to go off to survive the Pittsburgh Penguins in that series. They're going to have to go off and just shock the Penguins. Goaltending will be key for the Penguins in this series. It's better, you know, you're going to want Murray in there. I got to think versus Fleury. I, I mean, I, Theron Fleury. No, why am I calling him Theron Fleury? Mark andre Fleury. Theron Fleury. I've got the flames in my mind. But um, mm, I, I, I just, I can't see... The Washington Capitals survived the Penguins. And just imagine, 118 season, you don't even get to the conference finals. They're just like the freaking Vikings. I mean, Andy Murray is the better goalie. He hasn't had as great of a season this season, this year as last. But he had a hell of a playoffs last year. And I don't don't be surprised to see the Penguins go to the Stanley Cup Finals again. I think they beat Montreal in, the, in, a, in five or six games. It'll be a convincing win. I would love to see the Montreal Canadiens or Ottawa Senators or Boston Bruins, even the Rangers in the finals. I'm tired of the Penguins already. Crosby's kind of, he's you know, he's good, but he's kind of a punk, you know. He kind of bugs me, but uh, it's just a well-put-together team. Phil Kessel, Malkin, all these guys. I, I don't know. I kind of think they're going back to the finals. But I do think the Penguins would lose the finals this year to Edmonton, Minnesota, Chicago. It's going to be one of those three. I think the Western Conference is going to win despite how great the Metropolitan Division is. Um, I don't think the Penguins will repeat because nobody repeats. Maybe Washington will survive and go to the finals. It, it could happen. But I do think Pittsburgh will survive the Columbus Blue Jackets. Unfortunately, for those of you out there that would love to see Columbus get past Pittsburgh. You know, I don't like Columbus that much either. And, you know... In the regular season, I love the way the Wild played against the Penguins, and I, I would like our chances a little bit against the Penguins. I'd like it more against the Penguins than against Chicago, I guess, even though the Penguins have a little bit of Chicago in them. I mean, they know what they're doing, you know, and Andy Murray's going to be, a, he's just going to get the saves he needs to get, and that's the fear. That's how Pittsburgh could repeat as Stanley Cup champions. But it seems like nobody does anymore, not even the Blackhawks. They've never repeated as champions. In fact, the last, well, the last team to repeat as Stanley Cup champions was the Detroit Red Wings in the late 90s. And, you know, uh, yeah, that was a long-ass time ago. That's 20 years ago. Can Pittsburgh do it? I don't know. I don't think so. Either Chicago, Minnesota, or Edmonton will win the Stanley Cup out of the Western Conference. That's kind of what I'm leaning right now. And if Minnesota-Montreal in the finals, I really like our chances. If only Nashville could beat Chicago or the ultimate if the Wild could actually beat Chicago in a series. That would be the happiest moment of my life as a hockey fan. 
But if I'm to pick anybody to win the cup this year, I guess the way things are going, the way things are lining up, it's the Blackhawks. And it's just being honest. If I have to pick somebody to win the cup this year, it's the Blackhawks. Obviously, gun to my head. Um, Oilers second, believe it or not. Uh, the Oilers might be, an, uh, <laughs> the Oilers might already be good enough to win a Stanley Cup. They probably wouldn't. I mean, Pittsburgh, out of all the three teams, Minnesota, Chicago, and the Edmonton Oilers, Pittsburgh would most most likely beat the Oilers if they were to win the Western uh, the Stanley Cup again. That's what I would see. If it was Pittsburgh and Edmonton, the, the Penguins would win. If Minnesota, I think, would survive the Penguins, which is crazy. I bet Chris Porter, if he's listening, is like, really? Really, Joey? Really? Did you not watch those playoffs last year? But I don't know. I mean, I like the the Wilds' chances against Pittsburgh for some strange reason, and I think Chicago would beat Pittsburgh. And so possibly Minnesota could avenge 91, or Chicago could avenge 92. So that's kind of a pretty good possibility there. And the, and then and it's like again you harken back to the early '90s the Stanley Cup Finals that never was Pittsburgh and Edmonton because Edmonton couldn't get past the North Stars and they couldn't get past the Blackhawks so <laughs> it is what it is or you go way 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 back to 1990 Edmonton versus Boston but I don't think the Boston Bruins are going to survive the Eastern Conference <laughs> I don't think so I don't think they're going to get past Pittsburgh or or Washington or Columbus no way I don't even think they're going to beat Ottawa so. But but they might, and if they do, Rangers or uh, Montreal will probably take care of business there. And you're still not in the finals, even if you get past those two <laughs> those two two groups there. So it is what it is. Um, right now, Chicago is my favorite to win the Stanley Cup. I'm just giving you my honest analogy. I want the Wild to win so freaking much, and if the Wild get past the Blackhawks, I think their chances of winning the Stanley Cup are insanely high. Insane, but they got to do it first. They got to do it first. We'll talk about that when the time comes. And if it does, God, you're going to hear a happy voice here doing Brave and Wild. You're going to see the biggest. You're going to you can you can you can hear the smile on my face right now. Hear that? That's a smile. That's a smile. You know, the people's voice sounds a little different when they smile. That type of thing. Um, but there it is. So let's give a quick shout out here. MNW players. MNW players. Look that up on Facebook. Pavel Bonet and Merrick Skyba. Love you guys so very much. Awesome Facebook page. They're kind enough to allow me to post Link to Brave the Wild on the page. I'm also a very proud admin of the page. They cover everything Minnesota Wild, top to bottom. That's why that page has so much value to me. And, you know, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Jim Maddell of Minnesota Wild Hardcore as well. Again, the Minnesota Duluth. I wish Duluth won, but uh, love Jim Maddell. It's a great page. Chance Costick is an admin there. But um, I, I'm, I'm an admin with MNW players, and Chance Costick introduced me to Pavel Bunet. Really appreciate that very much. Um, love that Wild Patch contest they do on Minnesota Wild Hardcore. In a lot of ways, we're all kind of allies. Brave the Wild, MNW players, and Minnesota Wild Hardcore. We're basically allies. We're, 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 we're the good guys, you could say, when it comes to things. Um, just, you know, MNW players, they cover everything, top to bottom. Zach Parisi, Ryan Suter, Eric Stahl, Charlie Coyle, all the way down to, to, to Vey down there in, in, in the, the ECHL, even into the college ranks, into the Euros as well, the Swedish hockey leagues, the Finnish leagues. They cover everything when it comes to that, and it's everything related to the Minnesota Wild. MNW players, look it up. Click like, join the page, comment, enjoy the conversation, talk about Sam Warning, talk about Carson Soucy, talk about Eric Stahl, all of the above. It's so much fun. You, Eric Sinek, you're going to get coverage top to bottom. 
on there. It's, it's just, you, you love it so much. Justin Clues is now a member of the Iowa Wild, like I mentioned before. So much fun. You'll hear talk about him if he steps up. Talked about Luke Cunnan getting his first hat trick at the AHL level right out of the gate. Only his third game at the AHL level, and there he goes. Just kicking some major butt. Can't wait to see him compete to make the Minnesota Wild roster last year. Maybe start off with uh, Iowa early and jump up to the Wild as things continue to develop. But uh, maybe if the Wild make some moves this summer, get rid of some get get rid of some contracts, whatever it is, and then you'll have a Luke Cunning on the roster. You'll see others as well emerge, like the Alex Tucks and such. So it's going to be real interesting to see who emerges, who makes the Wild next year. You're going to see some young guys take over for some older guys during the course of the next two years, without a doubt. It's going to be a completely different team two years from now. Even though you're going to still have some core players there, you're going to see some veterans not be there any longer. So it is what it is, and you also got the Vegas Knights, the the Vegas Golden Knights expansion draft coming in very soon as well. So there it is. Thank you again, Pavel, Pune, Merrick Skybop. Please join the the uh, Brave the Wild Facebook page as well. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota. Facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota. And then at Brave the Wild for the Twitter account. Shout out to Benny Allen in Australia, big Minnesota Wild fan. And yes, I am recording. I remember he was sad when he was thinking, oh no, Joey's going to step away from a while, for a while. Well, I stepped away for one week. You know, it, it's kind of hit and miss because the lawn cleanup season is started. It has started. Uh, luckily, there's snow on the ground a little bit right now. It's not too bad. And we're not in the hugest rush at the moment. And when it's playoff time, this show, Brave the Wild, is priority. I wanted to get the Vikings show done, too. And that's done, so now we don't have to do a uh, Purple Mafia show until after the draft. So that's that's like a good, that's almost a month away. So not a huge rush there. That's good. So Brave the Wild can be top priority as Minnesota Wild are in the postseason. Hopefully for a very, very long time this time around. Bruce Boudreaux and that Game 7 nonsense as he did against the Red Wings years ago. Hopefully he can continue it here with Minnesota versus St. Louis and Chicago and so on and so forth. So again, thank you again. Please do give a positive rating on iTunes or Stitcher. It would be greatly appreciated. Also, there is a phone line. It is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. Give your statement, shout-out, comment, question, whatever it is. Keep it from one to three minutes or so. And then there's the Call Now button on the Facebook page. It joins to the same phone number through Facebook Messenger, so it's free for international callers. Anywhere, you know, Pavel, Mer- Pavel, Bunet, Merrick, Skyba, any of you out there, Benny Allen in Australia. Obviously, Pavel and Merrick are from the Czech Republic. So, again, big shout-out to them and, of course, their countrymen, as well joining the team this year in uh, Martin Hansel. And then you had Vermet. Also, he was a possibility coming here, but he ended up uh, ended up being Scandell instead. So it was kind of those two. <laughs> but uh, we did get a Czech Republic guy back with the Wild as we started things out with Marion Garrick many years ago. He is now on the Kings, and of course they were eliminated before the postseason. Jonathan Quick's injury didn't help. And it is what it is. So, yeah, unfortunately. Um, thank you again, guys. I love you out there. Tell your friends about the show if you could. Please, would be greatly appreciated. Spread it around, and let's enjoy some Minnesota Wild hockey in the playoffs, as I do believe the Wild will defeat the St. Louis Blues in six games. 